up, everything? What a week it's been in the hockey world. Austin Matthews is now richer than you, as if by virtue of being a hockey player, he wasn't already. But in good news, the Blues are back. They're in a playoff spot, and it's making us feel some kind of way. We'll discuss both those things and much more ahead, so let's get started and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Guys No Cup Podcast. It is Friday, February 8th. We are coming to you. Where do you want to be coming from tonight, Ian? Let's say that town in Footloose where they don't allow dancing. Mm. We've maybe used that before, but who cares? We like to emphasize how little we like dancing. Uh That's right. We sure hate it. It's for the heathens. It's true. So we are here. It is Friday. We're playing Hurt tonight. Well, I'm sick a -hmm. little bit. I'm recovering from a cold and Ian's only ever barely here thanks to his years of ecstasy addiction. (laughs) 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 That's true. We're doing our best to soldier on for you, our lovely lovely audience. Um, Before we get started, I mean, we've already gotten started, (laughs) but as we continue to get started, I wanted to remind you all of something we mentioned a few weeks ago, which is uh, the upcoming charity trivia tournament that our good friend Jeff is hosting uh, in honor of his father, not in law, but his girlfriend's father, his father in pretend, we'll say, mm-hmm. because that's what that's called. Um, yeah, they found out recently that uh, his girlfriend's father has uh, been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes? Oh, God, that would have been awkward. Anyway, uh, and they are, uh, Jeff is doing an awesome thing to raise money for him. The event will be... On March 13th, that is a Wednesday, from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Center Ice Brewery. Uh, They are providing the space free of charge, which is awesome. So huge thanks to Center Ice. We've been there before Mm -hmm. and love it. It's an amazing place for hockey fans. Um, It's going to be $20 per ticket, but the $20 goes to charity. So do it. And uh, there's going to be, you know, beer available from the bar, obviously, and food you can get at any of the restaurants right around there and bring in. But that is, you know, kind of provide your own if you want it. Uh, but the the center of all this is a trivia tournament that uh, various podcasts and other folks from around the St. Louis area are setting up teams for. And one of those teams will be our very own. We mm-hmm. have probably... We're about half full, maybe a little more, but we have a uh, n- number of spots left. So if you are interested, just reach out to us. Uh, we'll help you get registered. We need to register ourselves, in fact. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, folks lining up. There will be awesome uh, raffles and awesome things. We'll get to split our uh, winnings when we win the hockey trivia tournament. For Which we will. A charity that we decide. Uh, but 
we haven't discussed that. Anyway, the most important thing is if you are interested, if you're free Wednesday, March 13th, let us know. We need your help. We so, desperately. So, desperately. So, so badly. I don't know. I'm I'm embarrassed to say I know nothing about the history of this franchise. <laughs> Steven, do you know much about this team pre-lockout? Oh, God, no. Me neither. <laughs> I want to. I sure do want to. And one of these days I'll study it. But in the meantime, you can come teach us. So reach out to us on Twitter at Two Guys No Cup. Uh, drop us a line if you want to join in, and we will get you squared away. We'd love to have you. Uh, you can meet our host and our most frequent co-host is supposed to be there our most frequent backup co-host who forms a hive mind with ian you'll get Mm -hmm. to see you'll get to find out once and for all if justin and ian are one person or two separate people you're gonna witness the singularity they're gonna perform the fusion dance and become (laughs) one entity abs correspondent jordan may also be there all the celebrities on this small regional hockey podcast (laughs) they'll all be in attendance so please reach out on Twitter. Let us know that you want to be there, and we'll get you squared away. Will Dan Anything? Cortez be there? <laughs> Dan Cortez and Spud Webb are maybe. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's going to be awesome. Please feel free to join us. Uh, we'd love to have you. So uh, speaking of people who have plenty of money to give to charity, bazing! Oh, there you go. Um, the sick won't hold me back, folks. Austin Matthews has made more millions, <laughs> as Ian has taken to alliterating all our show notes. It's wonderful. Uh, he signed his contract, what was this, Tuesday? I believe that he so, signed? yeah. Um, it is a five-year, 58 0.17 million dollar extension. Why? Why one seven? You say? Well, <laughs> because that divides to an eleven point six three four annual average value. You gotta do it. And the three four is Austin Matthews' number. Imagine having that few fucks to give. Honestly, <laughs> just like I could probably push for eleven point six five, but I'll shave off point. Oh, one six million dollars, sixteen thousand dollars a year to just, just have my number. Just in to there. fuck around. Uh, um, he is now signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs through the 2023-2024 season. It eats one unrestricted free agent year. He will be 26 when the contract expires, but will be a seven-year veteran of the NHL by then. Um. What's the eight total mean? He'll be oh, eight-year veteran? Yeah, he'll be eight total. Oh, okay. He'll be past seven years. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that was the free agency. I got, yeah. I got I figured it out, folks. Um, so <laughs> 93 of this, 93% of this new deal will be paid in signing bonus money because that's lockout proof yeah. and other stuff proof, <laughs> but really most importantly, lockout yeah. proof. Because if they try to buy out Austin Matthews, the world has gone horribly yeah, wrong. The Toronto Maple Leafs are moving if they're <laughs> trying to buy out Austin Matthews. Uh, that includes $40.1 million in signing bonuses in just the first three years. Uh, the AAV of the deal is a 14% 
Uh, 14.6% of the current $79.5 million cap hit. That's higher uh, than the contracts for, than the second contracts for Leon Dreisaitl, Jack Eichel, and is slightly below Connor McDavid's at 16.6%. Um, it's now the second highest in the AAV, also a second highest AAV in the league, also behind McDavid, and ahead of teammate John Tavares, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, and Carey Price, who are all underwhelming the uh, league at the same cap. Mm-hmm. And actually, Patrick Kane is very good. Yeah. He's an asshole, but he's very <laughs> good at hockey, and it is less than Connor McDavid's. Um, <laughs> the difference there, of course, is term. Uh, because Austin Matthews is signed to five years, and all of those deals were signed for the eight or seven years that were allowed the teams mm-hmm. to sign them. Would only Tavares be the only one on a seven-year deal with yeah. those guys? Uh, you collected all those stats, so thank you. You're welcome. And what do you think? I hope I didn't steal your thunder by reading all that. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. <laughs> They're all just stats. You can find those anywhere. But only Ian has collected them here yeah. in our shiny show notes. Not any other articles Available that I might have referenced. By request. Yeah, if you want these, I mean, hit us <laughs> up. We got a Dropbox. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we'll that'll be one of the uh, scratch our we'll scratch benefits when we get. You can see our off. notes. <laughs> you can see those haphazard notes we put together. Actually, they're quite good. Yeah. Um, Austin Matthews. I don't mean to pat us on yeah, the back. I mean, they're but pretty once. good. <laughs> Austin Matthews, I think, walks away super happy with this oh, deal. Yes. This is fantastic. You eat one UFA year, and. He's be, he'll be moving into what's generally considered prime. I guess the prime of people's careers these days are a little bit younger. He'll be 26. But, I mean, that's not like he's aged out. Yeah. He's he's going to have a big Alex body of work behind him. all right at 34. Yeah. I think the bigger deal is we have a huge body of work behind him at that point. Then you're betting that he's just going to do amazing these next five years. And, honestly, at this point, I don't know if it's... Five years away, so this is like a big, this is a hot take or whatever, but I don't think Austin Matthews is a Toronto Maple Leaf after those five years. He's going to want the moon, and they, and if there's a team that can give it to him, it is Toronto, but also you're going to have to strip away a lot. That's all I'll say about five years from now. Other than that, I totally understand the whole perspective of we'll think about that in five years, especially when you got a team that's stacked like this. You're just trying to win now, now being these next five years. But that gives you a pretty big window to shoot for. Now, it's kind of putting a little artificial timeline on your window. It's going to be five years, could be longer, but you need to, you need to win the cup in five years. And in any other market, you'd say, oh, they don't have to, but Toronto has to. Oh, Toronto has to. to. Realistically, they have to win the cup in two years or that thing's coming crashing down. Can you imagine if they're just kind of iffy the next (coughs) couple years? I mean, iffy like now. Like, they play really well, make the playoffs. First round, second round exit. I'm just praying to God for a first round Boston exit. What if if after all of this, they just can't, they still can't get past Boston? Uh, <laughs> Toronto. That'd be so bad. I love the Steve Dango podcast, but Toronto is just plummeting in my esteem as a team in this league. Uh, they're just so 
some of those fans, I should say, some of those fans are just so far up their own ass. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, how sure they are that this team's going to be winning them a cup. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, you especially, that we could have this exact same team, same situation, on the Blues right now. I I wouldn't believe we're winning a cup. Now I'd be I'd be happy. I'd be really hopeful. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be thinking like oh, guarantee. No, I would never say you got to stay here because we're winning a cup. You know how much we'll get to this. <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead, but how much how confident some Leafs fans are that they're going to have Mitch Marner for sure. If that was on the Blues, if that was a Blues player like that, oh, I'd be He's I'd be gone. panicking right now. He's I'd be gone. shitting my pants. You'd He's be gone. Oh, You'd be. Yeah. Out the door. I would be burning my jerseys in advance <laughs> just to get it over with. Uh. I'm trying to be reserved here. The sickness is helping. It's drained uh, you of your energy. This deal is terrible. It's... For the Maple Leafs. Uh, yes. Yeah. For the, oh, oh, exclusively for the <laughs> yeah, Maple Leafs. Yeah. I... I've seen so many people say, well, this was the deal that made sense. No, <laughs> it's not. I don't like, maybe I'm just wrong. I I always say this, Ian. I always <laughs> say, when you believe something and almost everyone disagrees with you, then you're probably the one that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I say this with a grain of salt. But I don't see what part of this is a victory for Toronto. It's not the turn. Because they got one year of this guy's free agents, UFA period. Mm-hmm. And he'll be 26. He'll be the hottest free agent since John Tavares. Pretty much. And it's not the AAV. Because it's still the second highest in the league. The only, you know, I mean, I guess the argument, his argument would have been... If I'm signing for eight years, I need McDavid's cap percentage or close to it, which would climb up in the 13s or 14s. Mm. So maybe you saved there, but you didn't save much. If I mean, when I, w- when I heard them say five-year deal, you know, because Friedman started reporting last week that it was probably going to be five or six years, I thought, okay, so that's like in the 10 million range. Mm-hmm. Maybe ten to eleven, maybe eleven at the top end. I just don't, I don't see how this is a win for them, other than that it's done. I mean, that's the only win, and that's a significant win. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know when we get to ask the question because we certainly aren't allowed to now, of whether Kyle Dubas is actually good at this. The Muzzin trade was good. Mm-hmm. He did sign Tavares. The Nylander negotiation was a botched job from the very beginning. And ended as a botched job because he's paying him way too much. And this one doesn't seem like a strong victory either to me. And it's weird. You would think the first thing you'd be allowed to do in hockey would be question the 30-year-old GM. Mm-hmm. You would think that would be a given. But for some reason... He's just a wunderkind that gets an automatic pass. And I'm not saying that he's bad at this, but it's also not a team he built, you know? I mean, he was in part of the process, but he didn't assemble these pieces. Mm-hmm. He was in the organization in the same way, you know, Doug Armstrong was before he took over officially, but he wasn't the guy who gets credit for it. 
if he wins a cup this year, it's going to be sort of a Talon Bowman situation. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, I'm not really trying to question him, but I don't think the Tavares signing was a good idea. My cat is trying to question him. Yeah, or she's very loudly in defense of Kyle Dubas. Yeah, she other. loves Kyle Hard Dubas. Um, don't insult my precious boy. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't, we've talked about it a little bit. I don't know that the John Tavares signing was a good idea. I think that was hard overhead. Mm-hmm. You know, you give John Tavares $11 million a season if he's the best player on your roster. On this roster, he's might be third. He's certainly the second best forward when he signed and you're not getting his best years. Frederick Anderson might be better and oh he's going to be doing extension in a couple years. I just I and now we've got the Marner problem. So mm-hmm. I guess we can talk about the Marner problem. I was now. like, yeah, that seems appropriate. Would you like me to introduce it? Um yeah, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> we do we do so much prep for you folks. <laughs> um so Mitch Marner is now the big fish there. Not the only fish, as we'll discuss, mm-hmm. but the big fish. And, you know, we realize this isn't a, a blues podcast, so... It is a blues podcast. It isn't a Maple Leafs <laughs> podcast, so we... Who knows? Apolog- we're confused. <laughs> we apologize for focusing on this, but it is kind of the big story of the week. And Mitch Marner's dad... Is a crazy person. Mm-hmm. He's like he's a traditional. He's the Lonzo Ball of hockey. Yeah, he's a stereotypical. I guess you call dad. it hockey dad. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, he has you know gone into the press and basically said, "Well, Mitch should really be captain." And like, Mitch is only has always been passed up his career because he's the same draft year as McDavid. But when you look at it, he's almost as good. And you know what? I mean, he's not almost as good at Mc, as yeah. McDavid, but there's a lot of validity to what he's saying. Mitch Marner is an exceptionally good hockey mm-hmm. player, and on almost any team that didn't have John Tavares and Austin Matthews, he would be the best hockey player on that team. He is a restricted free agent. He's been angu- He's basically wanted Nylander and Matthews to sign to st- sort of set his market. He's probably not thrilled. His camp is probably not thrilled at the deal Matthews signed because, you know, if he'd signed 14 over 8, Marner could say, okay, cool, give me 12 over 8, 13 over 8, whatever the case. Mitch Marner currently has 65 points in 53 games this season. Yeah, that's their team lead. He's racing towards his career high of 69 last year. He'll pass that maybe next game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably not, but close. Um, As you said here, in a full healthy season, Marner actually projects to outscore Matthews, 101 points to 99. Matthews will obviously have more goals, but not dramatically more on this current phase. Um, Well, I guess given the games allowed dramatically more, but, you know, 10 Mm. more, not 30 more, whatever. Matthews is a career .98 point-per-game player. Marner is a career .92 point-per-game player. Matthews was a first overall pick. Was Marner two or He was like three, three or four. Three I or think four. it was yeah, yeah. four. Uh, 
as you say here, I think Marner and his agent would not be wrong to start at the same money as Matthews has. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's for sure where you start. Like, obviously, you're not going to ask for more. I mean, you could ask for more, but I just don't think you can. But that's where you start. I think if you're going eight years, you can Oh, no, yeah. I guess more. depends on the term. But I'm thinking they're not going to give them five years. Is that stupid? I mean, you're not going to have them both up at the same time. So I'm guessing that, you know what? I'm guessing they give them longer. I'm guessing they give them like a seven, eight. I mean, I'm not thinking. Did you? I forget. I think it was on Dangle this week where they were laughing at Bob McKenzie tweeting out, it will either be a three year deal, two or three year deal, or a six, seven or eight year deal. It's like you've eliminated half the years. Great, great work. I mean, I guess because you can't have them both up at the same time and you can't go shorter than five years. Is that being insane? So you got to go longer. Um, you start at Matthew's number, they work you down. I don't think they say, I don't think they allow it to go under 10 for a long time. Leafs fans and they can all, they can all say, Oh, this wasn't the case. But for a long time they talked about, Oh, we'll get them for like nine or something. There was a time where they said it was going to be under nine. It is. Oh yeah. It will never be under nine. I would. It was I never going to be yeah. under nine, but now it definitely won't be under. I nine. would risk my non-existent professionalism in saying that it's not going to be under ten. Not at anything. Not at over five years mm. for sure. He's leading your team right now in points. Now, granted, Matthews is hurt, but like he's a phenomenal player this year. And I know you can ask him, like, "Hey, buddy, we want to keep this crew together. We want you to take a little bit less, but a little bit less really is the ten. Yeah. That's the little bit less. He really should be getting, and if you just do the percentage, if it's .98 for Matthews of how many points per game he gets, and then he's making 11.634 over or every year for the next five years, you could say if Marner was making a new contract over five years, he should be making just a skosh over 11 if you're going to just play the percentages because he's a .92 player. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give them that. But that's really, I mean, if you're just going to play the numbers, that's what it is. I, They're going to pay them. I don't think, I waffle on whether or not someone tries to offer sheet them. I think there's better offer sheet candidates out there. We can talk about Braden Point a little bit, but I think there's better candidates. But I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. End of the day, I think they sign Marner. I think he's making, I'll say, 105 over the next, I don't know, six years. I have no idea on years. We'll just say six for shits and giggles. But it's going to strap them. That number's going to strap them hard. And they always talk about how they're going to be able to keep other people. I don't know. We're, we'll get to yeah, that. You've got to show me the numbers. If I'm Mitch Marner, there is not a prayer. There is not a prayer I'm signing before July 1st. I think he would be insane to sign before July 1st. Mm-hmm. I know that Dangle and company want to say offer sheets aren't going to happen ever. Because that's their halcyon narrative, and that's great for them. <laughs> but why is everyone saying this is the year then? Mm-hmm. Everyone in hockey doesn't usually talk about the same subject. Without there being some validity. I want there to be offer sheets this summer so bad. If the you, Blues don't even be a part of it. I just enjoy them. 
I agree. If you're Mitch Marner, 8 over 12 is not a ridiculous ask for you. Or 12 over 8, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that multiplies out to. 76 million, I guess, or something. I'm bad at math. No, 96 million. You got I'm it. Really bad at math. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's an insane ask for what you're doing this year. Granted, wherever you're ending up, assuming that Toronto doesn't match it, which they probably would, isn't going to have John Tavares on your team, but that's their problem, not yours. That's the signing team's problem, not yours. I just, to me, maybe I'm bitter. I mean, I, I'm not obviously not a totally unbiased reader of the situation, but to me, if I'm Mitch Marner, I say, it's not my fault you signed John Tavares as a free agent. And, by the way, in the process, made me more valuable. <laughs> because yeah. you put me on a line with John Tavares. Whoops. Not my problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not my fault you signed Matthews to the contract you did when you did for the AAV you did. It's not my fault you gave Nylander too much money. It's not my fault Jake Gardner's a UFA this summer. It's not my fault you gave Nikita Zaitsev however the frick much. How much is he making? I've got it right here. It's like four something. Four point five million till twenty twenty four. Yeah, what a silly He's a free contract. agent the same year as Austin Matthews. Uh, and William Nylander, by the way. Those two are already that same summer. Mm-hmm. So, They're really making this five year these five years their five oh, years. Yeah. That's it. I mean it's five years, but you set yourself a window. It's only five years. I just, I mean, think about it. The Capitals had given themselves a five-year window when Ovechkin was 21. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I just, I, you know, that's the, that's the going logic in Toronto. He's a GTA boy, greater Toronto area. So he must want to stay. He must want to do the team favors. He must want to win a cup here. And I'm sure somewhere in the back of his mind, all of that is true. But again, it's not his friggin' problem. If he has a 100-point season, which he's going to have, assuming barring injury, he shouldn't sign for $10 million over eight years just because Austin Matthews happened to sign too much over too little of a term before him. (laughs) And maybe Mitch Marner wants to play ball, but his dad doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound like his agent does. And I think this could be ugly. I really do think this could be ugly. And I'm not warming the s'mores over the smoldering ashes that are the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I am a little bit. Now let's talk about this cap situation, because it's hell. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, so right now, according to Cap Friendly, uh, they are have $7.5 million of cap space next year. However, uh, they do have uh, Nathan Horton on long-term injured reserve, and presumably he will go back there next season since he hasn't played in the NHL in three or four years. Longer, so that's yeah. an additional $5.3 million, which takes their grand total up to... 12.9-ish, let's just say 13, to mm-hmm. make it round. Mitch Marner ain't signing for less than 10. Not happening. Zero chance it is not 
happening. I really, th- other, other than a two-year deal, maybe he does two for eight. Mm-hmm. 16, two for 16. When I say two for eight, I mean the AAV, not the contract. He's not, <laughs> he would be insane to sign anything longer than Matthews for anything less than 10. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's eight somehow, which it's not. You still only got $5 million. You've got Jake Gardner, UFA. He's gone. I'm sorry, Steve Dangle. He's gone. <laughs> I think... He was gone when they traded for Muzzin. He was gone when they signed Tavares. He was gone when they signed Nylander. He's gone. G-O-N-E, gone. <laughs> I think those three or two or one of those guys on Dangle are the only ones that think Gardner's staying. Like, o- prior to, only like... Only Steve. Yeah. yeah, prior to, like, this last episode or even two episodes ago, they were like, well, yeah, he's obviously gone. And he's... they just talk over him, which is fine, because it's that's the case. He's just going to be gone. Yeah, it's just... Steve said, well, would you sign him for $5 million over eight seasons, which they said yes to. But first of all, he's not Mm-mm. going to sign for that. And second of all, that's still too expensive for you people. <laughs> they think, and for those of you who don't know, we talk about it constantly, so maybe sorry if you don't already know, but Steve Dangle is a super fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really cool article about him in The Athletic last week written by Sean Fitzgerald. Check it out. But he has a podcast and they talk NHL hockey like 60, 40% of the time and Leafs 60. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they constantly talk about how god-awful the Nikita Zaitsev contract is. And then they say, but it'll be no problem trading it, which is nonsense to me. I don't know how anyone takes that contract off the books unless you're giving them, like, Lilia Grin in a first as well at the same time. I was like, you're going to have to add to make That's them take as I said. deal for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do that. That's another 4.5. They still have Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen to sign. Per Lindholm, who cares? I mean, he maybe he walks, maybe he doesn't. He's a UFA. And, of course, Mitch Marner and Igor Ozhiganov, all of whom will command some form of rage and raise and Garrett Sparks. I don't know where the money's coming from. And I think the chances of William Nylander and Mitch Marner both playing for this team next season, to me, are very slim. Mm-hmm. I know he promised Nylander he wouldn't trade him. Dubis did. Again, we're not allowed to question whether <laughs> that was a brilliant move. Doesn't seem like one, but what do I know? I just, I don't, this team, and yeah, it gets a lot better after that. Marlowe comes off the books that next year. Um, Connor Brown's deal is up. Uh, some other folks... Jake Muzzin's off the books after that. But even then, you've got but to be... you lose Jake Muzzin. Yeah. You have to replace Jake Muzzin. You have to start filling gaps with cheap talent, which yeah. were, which is fine and works, and the Blackhawks have been doing it for years. But you're not going to be keeping some of these mid-range guys that you think are, like, filling out your bottom six. Even You know, they're not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just... And the the option, I mean, the punchline of all of this, to me, is that this team, with as much talent as it has, does not strike me as particularly close to a cup contender. They have like In all the that. East. They have all that wow talent, but yeah. they just don't have. 
the <laughs> I, it's a way overused term, but I got to use it because I can't think of anything else. They just don't have the grit to yeah. win the cup. And I don't mean that you need grinders, but I mean like I, they just don't seem like a team that's going to be that's going to hold up under the wear and tear. Yeah. Of four playoff series. Austin Matthews as good as he is, if he gets breathed on hard, he's down for two weeks. Look, which I, is another thing yeah. we didn't talk about. But we like hockey. We like it to be you know hard hitting but clean. But if you're in the playoffs and I'm an opponent, I'm taking I'm, a run at all. Yeah, I'm like, dude, aim, aim for a shoulder, which you're completely allowed to do. You're supposed to shoulder on shoulder and just blast them. Tom Wilson, you think Tom Wilson is gonna isn't gonna eat Austin Matthews for lunch, even if it's clean, not mm. even a dirty hit. I mean, it will be a dirty <laughs> hit, but not even if it's not. That's that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like in the playoffs. Maybe less so than it used to be. You can get away with an awful lot. And when you're kind of those thin little kids that are fast and can deke and stuff, but you're going up against a Tom Wilson or just some veteran guys that know how to play in the playoffs, it's a lot harder. I think they can do it, but I don't think it's this year. I don't even know if it's next year. I think they have a lot of trial by fire, and it's going to get tough when they've got this five-year window, and they're coming to the end of it, and only then are they starting to look like real cup contenders. I don't mean to take anything away from them. They have they have that surefire talent. I just don't know if they have that nice mix of seeing it through with with a great them being to hold up under you know all the stress of the playoffs. Yeah, Stay, uh, Sidney Crosby was twenty two when he won his first Stanley Cup. He'd already been there once. Mm-hmm. They went the one year, then they lost, and then they went back the next year, and they won. Which is crazy. We were talking a minute ago with the Blue Jackets before we were recording about how it doesn't seem like teams ever go from no playoff success to Stanley Cup success, other than the Golden Knights, whatever the hell they are. Teams don't do that. I guess Nashville sort of did that. Maybe the Kings sort of did that. But for the most part, mm-hmm. you struggle a little bit, then you win a round, then maybe you win three rounds, and then maybe you win the whole thing. I just don't... I don't know. And they're in the Lightning's conference. Not to mention the Penguins, who aren't pointless. Mm-hmm. The Capitals, who are the defending champions. The Bruins, who have their number. And then... Other teams that are good and challenging. You know, (laughs) Montreal's not a gimme this year. Carey Price could take over any series and win it for you. I just don't see it with them, and it's... The reason I sound more angry about it than interested is because it's like they're all preaching to you like it is just a foregone conclusion. And what I don't understand is that they're us. Mm-hmm. They are the St. Louis Blues with a lot more media coverage. How is anything a foregone conclusion? Yeah. How is anything a foregone conclusion? I just, that's the thing I don't get. When we were up three to one, I, I'm, I've told this story on the podcast before. But when we were up 3-1 to one against the Chicago Blackhawks th- three years ago now, mm-hmm. when the year we went to the Western Conference Final, in the series, I re- distinctly remember telling as correspondent Jordan that we had to win Game 5 because if we lost Game 5, we definitely wouldn't win Game 6 in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And if we lost Game 6 in Chicago, we definitely wouldn't <laughs> beat the Blackhawks in a Game 7. And think about how close to right I actually was. 
Because we lost game five, we got obliterated in game six, right? That was a blowout, wasn't game, it? Game six, we were up 3 0 oh, in the yeah, first we period. Because I was like, boy, we're going to do it. And then I was like, no, it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> And then we did win it, but late and close, we and hit, Payne, Payne yeah. hit the crossbar. I was like, we hit the post, and then it went in, they hit the post, and it didn't go yeah. in, and, and that's that about it. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. Uh, maybe God has ended his wrath against the city of Toronto <laughs> and just hands them a Stanley Cup. I don't cup. think so. <laughs> but it doesn't seem likely, and uh, we'll we'll watch as, as Marner continues to... Um, negotiate and we'll see where that all goes but it just doesn't seem to be a real pretty picture for them mm-hmm. there are lots of other rfas in the league this year line a uh ranton and Braden point good god all three of those guys should make as much as matthews or more um i know kyle connor and jacob truva i think are both rfas there's a ton most teams have a significant rfa we got Joel Edmonds. I was like, thank God we only have, like, the one. Um, So it's going to be an interesting year. There's a reason, sorry to break it to Toronto, but there's a reason everyone's talking about our uh, offer sheets this year. And I just don't know if they can keep all those guys. But we'll see. Let's talk about some Blues stuff, shall we? <laughs> that was a half hour of Leafs talk. Yeah. You're welcome, sorry. Leafs fans. Sorry, everyone. Uh, we, it's pertinent. We do, it's it's very impertinent. It's the big story in the league, and we won't apologize. I'm so so. We're sorry. so sorry. Uh, hey, the Blues won three in a row. Three in a row. You've heard this podcast before. We complain a lot about this team, and then and it we takes still longer. Will. Yeah, but now we've won three, so there's just less to say. We're yeah, happy. We don't complain when we win as much. We will still <laughs> complain some. But not as much. Would, would you, you be- like to start with the games? Would people believe that we're under the age of 30? <laughs> no. With how much no, we complain? No. That we're not too old Tell Jewish men? Tell us what age you think we are, or what age you thought we were until this mm. point. Hit us up on Twitter as you're telling us you want to join for the trivia competition. Um, Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky were both still playing with the Columbus Blue Jackets when we played them. They are still now. They won't be later. No, they won't. Um, what do you do with these players if you're Yermo Kikalainen? Oh, you trade them. Yeah. I mean, you at least trade Panarin because you'll get a good chunk for him, even as a rental. In fact, I think you try and find the team that he's interested in, too. Because then you're getting even more when he kind of whispers in their ear, hey, I'll sign once I get over there. Yeah. Um, if I had to... And that team will be the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Enjoy no. our lottery p- pick and Alex DeBrancat for Brindle Artemi. Oh. <laughs> Stan Bowman is like, like I'll, fix, I'll fix this. I know how to fix this. <laughs> um, you know, I think he ends up in Boston. I think he gets straight to that. Boston. I don't know if he stays there, but he goes to Boston. Oh, and because we talked Leafs so much, and he just eats the Leafs alive. Oh God, feed me! <laughs> can you more. can you imagine that? <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, Bennington, Jordan, Bennington, Jordan, Winnington, Winnington, Bennington, Bennington, Bennington. Synonymous. He got the start. This talk is a little out of date already, but what did you think of the significance of this? Yeah, because he started the last game before the break, and that was against the Ducks, the lowly 
Lowly, lowly We're going to talk about them, yeah. too. The sucks, more like. Yeah, there you got go. <laughs> I'm like, how more? How much more lowly can I put in this name? Um, and yeah, that seemed that seemed fine. He had started three. That was his third in a row right before the break, and I figured that he could, maybe would start this, and maybe Jake Allen, and somewhere in these three. Spoiler alert: Bennington started all three, but I wasn't surprised he started this one. Um, Columbus isn't necessarily the strongest team right now either. So it kind of seemed like, okay, either one of them could take them. And either one of them did. Uh, and then, of course, Robert the Thomas Tank Engine was back. Uh, I hate that <laughs> so much. Why, Ian? It's just his nickname. It's Thomas the Tank Engine. No, 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 Why do these Canadian people insist on Robert the Thomas Tank Engine? Because uh, they're stupid. Have you ever looked at a... They th- don't understand the illusion, I don't think. Thomas the Tank Engine is on the book cover. It's not the Thomas Tank <laughs> Engine. Maybe... Maybe this is like is the that Bar- how Vladdy says maybe it. Maybe this is like the Berenstein Bears, where it was always. Both. Oh, maybe you're right. No, I think it's Vladdy. I think it was. Oh, it's the Thomas the Tank Engine, and they're like, eh, sure. Robert the Thomas Tank Engine. In back in Mother Russia, we put the before Tank Engine. Hundred uh, percent. So the first goal was scored by Ryan O'Reilly. It was nice. It was on a rebound. Alex Petrangelo and Vladimir Tarasenko assisted eight and a half minutes in. The second goal, though, what a doozy of an effort by Carl Gunnarsson on this one. Just Carl Gunnarsson? No, Carl, boom, boom, Gunnarsson. I've conceded, folks. I guess. It's over. They've used it too much. I give in. He gets ridden to the ground by 58. Who's 58? That looks like Derek Savard? (laughs) Is that his first name? I don't think so. Is it the same Savard? David Savard? Whoever. It's the same one that's been there always? Yeah. Yes. This is like there. This is like until last year when someone who didn't pay a lot of attention to the blues was like, is that the same Patrick Bergwin? Yeah, like, like, oh yeah. yeah. He's been there for 10 seasons. <laughs> I guess every team has one of those guys, but yeah, he gets ridden to the ground and then humped and then, <laughs> and then viciously humped. <laughs> like seriously, look at him go <laughs> and just face eating ice. And he gets up, he fights out, he grabs the puck somehow, and he gets back in front and eventually is there for the tap-in as he crosses the front of the goal. Nice little deflection off the pass from Braden Shen, his 19th assist of the season. Carl Gunnarsson is the greatest goal scorer in the American in the American. American I mean, maybe. You might be right. <laughs> um Interesting stat I did learn about Carl Gunnarsson. The first person in the league in defenseman in expected goal differential, which is the number of expected goals while you're on the ice minus the number of expected goals against, is Eric Carlson. He's first in the league in that category. Second in the league in that category, (laughs) I shit you not, dear listeners, is Carl Boom Boom Gunnarsson. Right above Brent Burns and Victor Hadman and uh, John Carlson and Miro Haskinen, whoever you can think of, it's Carl Boom Boom Gunnarsson. We're going to owe this guy a lot of money this summer. Oh, so much money. <laughs> you got any <laughs> thoughts from the second or first period since nothing happened in the second? Um, you know what? I thought the Blues looked really good through this whole game, especially those first two periods. I think 
the Blue Jackets obviously came on and started to put on a push there in the third, being down two goals. But I was surprised the Blues looked this good out of a break. It might yeah, just be right. selective memory talking here, but I swear when they come out of breaks, they look like ass. Like, there's always been times where I've thought to myself, like, shouldn't they be better? They just had this much rest, and they've looked like crap. Even on really good seasons, Hitchcock-era seasons, mm-hmm. uh, we've looked like that. So I was a little surprised that they looked this good. Yeah. Also, I, I love those Columbus thirds. Oh, they're sexy. I mean, they're. I think they're pretty good, but I they're think they're basic. much better than their yeah. regular ones. Oh, for sure. And they're much better than other third jerseys we'll see this week. I watched this... Uh, game at home at uh-huh. my parents house and my mother came in and watched this for a moment and she's like which team's at home and then she's like hold on oh. and she goes hold on stop uh, hold on i got this she's like okay that's not a blue note at center ice so and then she thought about it too long to say so we're not at home <laughs> and i was like you are correct Ah, uh, she's sweet she knows more than my mom so <laughs> That's good for her. Oliver Bjorkstrand, my favorite non-significant prospect, <laughs> scored his ninth goal of the season on our Timmy Panarin's 38th assist. That's insane. Not a great play here by, is that Alex? Of course it's Alex. Why am I even asking the question? Um, yeah, it was Petrangelo. <laughs> he gets taken off the puck by Panarin, who hit Bjorkstrand in front for the tap-in. Not a great week for that fella. Vladimir Tarasenko has a dipsy doodle of a diving, dynamic, direct goal into the. I don't have another D word. Empty net behind. Don't force the alliteration. The it's supposed to come to you naturally, <laughs> like alliteration does. Yes, as alliteration <laughs> always mm-hmm. occurs. Um, Ryan O'Reilly assisted Braden Shen. Nice goal. You all saw it. Pierre-Luc Dubois scored. It was not much special. Uh, Benny Tim maybe could have had it, but he's our golden god, so I'm not going to criticize him. <laughs> and Oscar Sundquist got the Wait, empty down at the end on of the that. He should have had that Pierre-Luc Dubois goal. There's no screen. It's in close. Yeah. Well, there's no screen. But that Tarasenko goal... Have you ever seen more effort from Vladimir Tarasenko? Oh, no. I'm going to say there's probably tall. been ones. But Actually, like, arguably at the end of the n- n- last game, Tampa, we can talk mm-hmm. about it. But, but man, I just the corkscrew of trying to get that right af- underneath the... Uh, who'd they have? It was not uh, Bobrovsky. Corpusalo. Corpusalo, thank you. He had a really good game. He both kept them in the game and lost them the game. Uh-huh. It was two pucks that leaked through him. That Blues players were able to get to first, but he also stopped like a barrage of shots and kept this like to a one goal game for a long time. So uh, I guess he was just a null factor. He was just nothing in this game. Like type null, the Pokemon, which is a real Pokemon. I'm sorry. Um, so the Blues <laughs> so win game four to two out of the break. So says us all. Um, Three-point night for Tarasenko and Shen. Ryan O'Reilly only had two because he's a slacker. And it was <laughs> not a great night for Alex Petrangelo. Any additional thoughts? Is Alex Petrangelo... Bad. Yeah, not great at defense. Or, well, we can argue the first one either way. Or is he just relied on so much or that he's he just need to go to yeah. <laughs> or is he relied on so much that he's just out there all the time so of course he's gonna be out there for goals against i think but then you would argue he should then not make them not happen against. i think he's probably 
over-picked upon this season because he is out there all the time and mm-hmm. you're not crediting him for all the plays he makes that aren't goals against. At the same time, this is probably his worst defensive season. So Wasn't he having an amazing season last year, yeah. at least to start? Yeah. What a weird pendulum. I think that's just being a defender in the NHL. I, I guess. Like. Um, any other thoughts from that game? It was fun. It was, it was a fun, fun one. It was fun. It was a quick, it's a quick paced game. As anyone that analyzes hockey says now, if it was a fast game, they have to say Tracking. playoff atmosphere. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I see games that are fun, and they say playoff atmosphere, and I go, "You watch hockey for a living? This isn't playoff atmosphere." <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, like what? I wasn't shitting my pants the whole time. There you go. That's how I know. <laughs> if I'm sitting in a chair watching the game, it's not playoff atmosphere. <laughs> The minute a playoff game starts, it is the most uncomfortable moment of my life for oh, the next yeah. two and a half hours. Oh, I enjoy sure. it, and I'm so scared no. the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. I don't. I barely remember the feeling because our teams, both mm-hmm. of our teams, haven't been in the playoffs much recently. But I do distinctly remember. I mean, we knew each other well, but not as well back then. The first time you kind of collapsed to my floor during a playoff <laughs> game, I was like, "Oh, so this is the kind of person he is," yeah. which I do just in my head. collapse on the floor um, mentally. Would you like to take us through the Blues Panthers game while I sit here and try not to? explode into a pile of sick mm-hmm. uh, excellent I, I'll tell you this right now Blues beat the Panthers 3-2 to two on Saturday no on Tuesday yep yep that's the one uh, I didn't actually catch his first two you know, Panther goals yeah I didn't catch the first two Panther goals, the only two Panther goals, but they were scored by Henrik Borgstrom, who is apparently one of their top prospects. Yep. His fifth of the season, assisted by Frank Vitrano and Aaron Ekblad. He's not one of their top no, prospects. No, sorry, Frank. <laughs> Franks bounced. aren't common anymore. <laughs> That's a weird name to read. Vitrano has bounced around the league more than a pinball in an old Star Wars machine. <laughs> Was he... A Bruin yep. at one point? Yep. Okay. I could have said anyone. <laughs> was he... Well, I mean, I happen to know you yeah. were a Bruin, but yeah. That was a power play goal by Henrik Borgstrom. That was in the first period. Nothing of significance happened in the second period. I'm sure something did, but I'll be honest, didn't catch it. <laughs> uh, third period, Panthers, another power I play goal. I caught the first two periods and not the third. Oh, so. see, there you go. We're getting there. <laughs> Alexander Barkov, underrated. Alexander, underrated Barkov, scored his 19th goal of the season. This is by Mike Hoffman and Keith Yandel. Because that's Russian for underrated. Why do they call him Sasha? I don't know. Because I, I guess that's their weird nickname for Alexander, Xander. like Vova's a nickname for Vladimir. Is it a Finnish thing, though? Because he's, like, Finnish? Maybe. Who I don't knows? know. He's very confusing. Maybe it's a misogynist nickname for the Finns. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe this is why he's underrated. People just don't get it. You know what I mean? Drop the Sasha, and we'll start, we'll start voting for you and things. <laughs> Christ. Uh, Blues goal, third period. 3.05 into the third. Colton Preco's ninth. This is by Oscar Sunquist. Eat your heart out, Magnus Payarvi. It's a wraparound <laughs> goal. And it's a wraparound goal with a man that has a stick that's technically oh, illegal. <laughs> but legal with an asterisk. I mean, he's like still on the other side of the net when he wraps uh-huh. it around. Uh-huh. It's pretty insane. I can see why a goalie like Reimer would be like, I, I mean, 
I know where he's going, but I got a second. And you're like, oh my God, no, it's in the net because he's a freak. I think if I'm James Reimer, I stand up, I take off my glove, I point at Colton Franco, and I scream freak when he scores that goal on me. And the crowd will laugh. They used to say he did not. <laughs> Blues score their second goal 11 minutes into the third period. And Ryan O'Reilly is 20th of the season and assisted by Braden Shen and Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, puck lost in the crowd in front. There's just like three Panthers. There's three Blues. It drops down out of somebody's pants, off of someone's jersey. It's un- You can't see the puck for a moment. Then it apparates. Sasha Barkov had it in his underrated pants. <laughs> it falls out. Not O'Reilly finds it first. His underpants. Hey, his under- God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and O'Reilly sneaks it five hole between Reimer. He's used to one of them's. Uh, tie game. But not for I long. I couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it. I thought... Well, you said we played a crap, or a crappy first two periods. I didn't think we looked great at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of said on Twitter, it's like, this is the one. You gotta win, mm-hmm. because you're obviously gonna get murdered by the vo- lightning. Spoiler alert, not true. And then you play the li- the Predators in a back-to-back, so you gotta win the Panthers one. So in my head, I was like, so of course the Panthers one is the one we lose. And then they get the second goal, the Panthers get the second goal, and I'm like, that's what I expected you to do, <laughs> you dumb fucking lose. And then... Everything changed. And it changed even more when Vince Dunn scored his sixth goal in the third, his sixth goal of the third period, the sixth goal of the, of his sophomore A year. natural hat trick. Yeah. And the third Blues goal, unassisted, it was a dynamic deke on display by the Dynamite Dunn. Boom. Oh, natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this came off the top of my head, folks. This was the first game of the father's trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's nicely taken to Florida. Gunnarsson was in attendance. That's his first name, right? Bjorn. I'm it's not sure just it Bjork. Is. Bjork Gunnarsson. No, I'm pretty sure it's Bjorn. Um, Remember Paralatera? Oh my god, I do. He's probably in prison too. Bjorn <laughs> <laughs> Laterra, we haven't mentioned, waved by the Philadelphia Flyers. Why didn't we pick him up? Bringing such a bizarre end to that whole oh, weird song. We should have picked him up and then been like, who won the fucking Braden Shen trade now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got them both. We ain't got the cap space, but we got the player. So good. Get fucked. You need depth. We're headed towards the playoffs, and you need depth. Your Laterra is now a left-handed defenseman. (laughs) Oh, God. He's done so much cocaine, he wouldn't notice. (laughs) Yeah, see? Um, So, yeah, the Blues' dad trip is 6-1 after this game. Then the Blues played the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was a very fun game. It was super exciting, and there's nothing (laughs) to say about it. I will say this. And I saw this on Twitter, so I'm stealing it. But Tampa Bay forgot to take off their practice jerseys. Oh my god, yes. Those things were terrible. (laughs) They maybe looked okay. Like, on a mannequin, I could see you looking at that and thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. Not on an NHL rink, though. That looked just not, yeah, no, no. It didn't look good. And it was like the gray, like it was kind of like a grayscale on the lower sleeve mm-hmm. that like sort of 
gradiented into black, but you couldn't see that from the white. That's camera. what I mean. What a fun design that with no <laughs> color. No purpose. Yeah. And if somebody pang or somebody said they'll sell like hotcakes, and I'm like, sure, but they could also sell a good jersey like yeah, hotcakes. That's only gonna sell like hotcakes. Pat ourselves on the back, but the heritage jerseys sell like hotcakes too. But because they look good. <laughs> I was say they're gonna sell like hotcakes because people in Florida are stupid. <laughs> have lots of money. They don't know nothing about hockey. Sorry, Bolts fans. You do. You're good fans. I think you're good fans. <laughs> a, a big fart on from Steven. The two guys no cup podcast. We vote to all fart. Listeners. Um, six starting a row for Jordan Bennington. Can we call him the starter now? No, they're going to say, we're going to platoon them. We're going to platoon these two guys out there. Alan will play a think... game, yada, yada. So weird aside, it feels like our, maybe it's a Veruby thing. Maybe it's, they're all lazy. It's not that. But Could it be. feels like our media has had far less from the players and coaches in the last month or two. Have you noticed that? As her, like they've heard less from them? No, like after game quotes and stuff. Yeah, There's yeah. like nothing. And maybe that's because we're winning more. And maybe because they they're happy. After wins. But like, do you, what do you honestly think Ruby would say if I'm Lou Korak and I come to him and say, who's your starting goaltender? Oh, I think he'd definitely do the weird like, We've got two goaltenders. Or we Bennington's been playing great. We want to ride who's hot. We want to give best chance to win, sort of thing. That's as close. Best chance still to do win. The ride the hot hand. Best chance to win. Hot hand is as close as you'll get to like it's not Jake Allen. And we don't <laughs> like him very much. He's not very good. That's as close as you'll get. Because you know once because we talked about this before when they buy him out or some crap this summer. That's when Darren Pang and they all get to do their little revisionist. We all love Jake Allen, but we knew he, you know, he was just never going to be good right here. And it's like, we all knew that, really? Because, you know, six months ago, you were trying to bang that drum and just fit this square peg into a round hole and be like, he's fine. Everything's fine. It's just the defense in front of him. And, you know, he's just a little confidence issues. And it's five other things. But other than those, he's fine. And you're like, no. <laughs> he no. literally has a detached head. His head is lolling yeah. around on the ice. Well, but it's fine. Fine. Everyone's okay with that. You can throw that at the puck. Oh, it's I'm great. sorry. I didn't know you weren't allowed to have that. <laughs> Matt Murray doesn't have an attached head, <laughs> and he's fine. Getting a little close to home there. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I also didn't realize before this week how much of a national, like, an, there was natural interest in the downfall of Jake Allen. I had an article this week that, I, you know, I'm not, I am patting myself on the back, I guess, but I had no idea this was going to happen. <laughs> For some reason, I wrote an article titled, The Jake Allen Era is Over, and it literally did ten times what a normal blues article about nothing in particular <laughs> does. It literally got ten times the views, and I don't know why. And I think it's just that, like, that many people, even around the league, are like, oh, Jake Allen's suffering. Cool. <laughs> I really do think there's people I talk to at work that are Blues fans, very casual Blues fans, and, like, I don't mean to harp on those guys, but, you know, then you tend to be sometimes like, ah, Jake's fine. Actually, sometimes I'm more like, Jake sucks, but, you know, they're just sort of washed from afar. 
I can talk to him about Jordan Bennington and be like, I think he's our starter. And these people are like, yeah, like I'm done. I don't want Jake Allen around anymore. Yeah. I think it's just a general, we're not trying to be mean to the guy, but I think everyone's just like, okay, it's that's not going to work here. If we want to move forward, if this team's going to get better and everyone wants it to, and it is, it's going to have to do it without him. Well, and there's still the one guy in 10 that will say the team's better independent of Jake Allen or Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. And to that one guy in 10, I say, come on, man. <laughs> come, how long can we say, well, the team just quits on Jake Allen without wondering if maybe Jake Allen's at fault. My favorite thing about that is, like, if the team, if that's what it is, what if this whole team just hates Jake Allen and they play like crap because fuck Jake Even Allen. If that's what if it? that's true? Then fine, then get Jake Allen out <laughs> exactly. of here. It doesn't matter. I mean, I... If that, I hope that's true, because then Jake Allen goes elsewhere and thrives, and I that's fine. I don't want Jake Allen. <laughs> I don't wish him harm or suffering or failure. Yeah. But like, why? I just don't get it. I just, I never got it. This whole season, I haven't gotten the people who are like Allen's fine. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. He's not, by any measurable statistic, at all, anywhere close to fine. And Jordan Bennington's doing what he couldn't, what Jake Allen couldn't. And now we'll talk about in a little bit what that means for the future of Allen, but for the time being, it means Jordan Bennington is in a game one-on-one with Andre Vasilevsky, who's arguably the best goaltender in hockey. If not, he's very close, and by if not, I mean definitely not, because he's right behind John Gibson in my <laughs> own rankings. But in any case, um, no, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky is obviously as cream of the crop as you can get in the NHL, and granted, Vasilevsky faced like eight more shots, but they went head-to-head, and Vasilevsky ultimately blinked on what, I have to say, was a pretty shitter goal. I I mean, he'd saved 38 before it, so you got to put most of the blame on the superstar forwards that couldn't get it done past a 25-year-old career AH on that minder. But um, (laughs) that shin goal at the end there was right through the body on Vasilevsky, Mm -hmm. and if that had been an Allen goal, we would have been roasting it. So... um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, so this game went to overtime and the Blues won. There's really not that much to say about the yeah. third, first three periods. It was a it fun was a game. pretty even game. The Lightning are the better team. They just are. Yeah. I, know, I think we looked... I know people say we looked... I think we looked good for the first two we periods. Looked good. We looked fine. Really we good. looked like a team that was playing its heart out against yeah. the best team in the league that wasn't trying. I was like, hard. then they started to, to me, turn it on. Yeah. yeah, to me, that's what the story was. But we won. I'm not complaining. Tampa Bay is unreal good. Uh, they're like 25-5-1 at home or something, mm-hmm. or were before this game. This is the first game of the year that they've been shut out. At home or at all? At all. Oh, wow. Period. That's impressive. So... Um. Yeah. So what? What do you have to say about overtime? Because you took these notes. You're smarter than me. In <laughs> uh, overtime, before we get to the goal, there was uh, matching minors on Dunn for interference and Braden Point for embellishment. What was your read on that? 
It's weird to see an embellishment call, but he did go down kind of easy. It seemed kind of weird, but yeah. What I don't understand, though, about hockey is if it's a penalty, how can it also be embellishment? Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. I get that you can flop on something, you know, in soccer, I get how you flop on something that would have otherwise been a foul anyway. But I just don't, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I mean, the matching minor sort of made sense to me. And to me... To me, that's a better solution because then it's just still three on three. That's a more elegant solution than saying, "Hey, we're having a five on three, four on three now, Ugh, and yeah. a, a weak call is going to decide this game that's nothing, nothing in overtime." Yeah, you. This, can't. by the way, was actually a playoff atmosphere. This was. Um, you know, my read on that interference call was like I thought Dunn should have got interference. I don't know if Point should have gotten embellishment but whoever ran into dunn that was the weird part someone uh-huh. clipped dunn and then dunn was falling into point and pulled point down and i really thought it should have been whoever that clipped guy, dunn yeah. and then done for interference because you'd say oh as he was falling he's like i gotta take somebody else with me yeah so like it was really weird because i i literally stood up i was just watching my own and had an audible like no it's like <laughs> dunn fell down because i was like oh this game is so tight don't let this happen uh yeah i think you texted me that no mm-hmm. actually um, yeah, and then obviously, I mean, the big, the big questionable play at the end there was, uh, Tarasenko tackling Vasilevsky. I saw Tampa fans be like, I can't believe they let him tackle him. I was like, what? I, I wrote, well, let me, let me find this, um, that screenshot I sent you guys. So in our Hockey Writers Slack channel, you can ask about titles, you know, mm-hmm. to workshop kind of titles for potential articles. And I wrote in there about a title I was hoping to write for uh, the about this game. And one of the team Tampa Bay writers, a little bit salty, said, make sure to mention how tripping opposing goalies is now allowed in your analysis, which is rare on THW because it's a pretty collegial environment mm-hmm. in there. And I just kind of gave her a, yeah, that was bad, just to, like, kind of end it at that, yeah. you know? But it wasn't bad. I mean, Vasilevsky, I mean, you you wrote the yeah. note, so why don't you say it? But you're dead on it. Well, I mean, a thousand percent is putting his arm out to give his team a three-on-two with Tarasenko behind him. I mean, Tarasenko is behind Vasilevsky, and Vasilevsky holds his glove hand out. Like, for no, I mean, there's no reason. You could literally just look at him and be like, why would someone put their arm out at a 90 degree <laughs> angle? And it's like, as you I know hit how your people fan. Are doing this all the time. Yeah, just like. Like to, a weird side Heil Hitler. Yeah, it's like to hold Tarasenko back. Tarasenko's having none of it. He tries, I mean, I'm guarantee you he's not trying to pull Vasilevsky down. He's, he's trying, trying to, to get, get around. around him. But Vasilevsky's a piece of crap. And the ref's right <laughs> and heavy there. And falls down. Yeah, ref, dude, ref's looking at this. Out of the corner of his eye, you can tell he's looking over the whole time. And he Nothing. makes the queen call. To yeah. me, that's a perfect, like, also, Vasilevsky was being shitty, Tarasenko was shitty in response, yeah. and instead of calling them both for penalties, he called neither of them for penalties. That, and then I saw people fine. saying, oh, it should be goalie interference, and I'm like, for what scoring play that's about to happen? Yeah, people like, come on, there's been uh-huh. every goalie interference call yeah. or challenge has been worse than that one. And to Tarasenko's credit and, you know, to shove it up Vasilevsky's butt, uh, Tarasenko makes it back on this three-on-two, and I don't know who the uh, lightning player is that eventually ends up with a puck, or he's getting the puck passed to him. Tarasenko stick lifts him. 
and it goes the other way. It goes the other way. Open ice. Braden Shen gets it first. Uh, I think whatever the lightning player is, is creeping in on Braden Shen awfully fast. I watched the speed differential, and I was like, Braden, you've got about a foot to shoot this puck because those dudes coming hot. And he does, and like you said, it hits fast. Leslie goes between his arm and his body, trickles in. Pretty shitty look. But you got to give Basilewski credit in general for keeping them in this game, anyways. Uh-huh. Um, the Blues had a lot of really good scoring chances in that first period. It definitely could have been at least two nothing out of that. Again, Braden Shen redeeming himself with that goal because at one point Basilewski was sprawled out, like you mentioned in our text, was on the ground, and they're like, Vasilevsky makes a great save against Shen. Well, Braden Shen shot it into a sprawling Vasilevsky yeah. down and out on the ground. Traditional blue style. Guys <laughs> down and out, let's just shoot at the goalie. Give him a chance, why don't we? Um, it weird. was that Kucherov kid who was catching him from behind, mm-hmm. by the way, and he did have about .5 seconds. Oh, my God, he's going fast. I'm like, you got to move. I'm getting their benches yelling at you, like, shoot the damn fuck. It was weird. I know people probably feel like this all the time, like, after you see a goal happen, you go, oh, yeah, I felt like that goal was going to happen. But the way Braden Chen was coming in, it was, like, at a severe angle. I was like, you know what, I bet I bet he gets it over his shoulder or something like that. I mean, it didn't happen that way, but it just it felt like it was going to happen. Um, just a fun game overall. I mean, Bennington got the shutout against the best team by record in hockey. Uh, Blues are on a four-game winning streak now. First of the season? It was their third... No, it was their second three-game winning streak before this, right? Uh-huh. So this is their first four-game winning streak. There's firsts all over the place. Uh, great winning streak, or is it a binning streak? hey Bennington grabs a shutout. That's two this season. The other one was his first start, I believe, against Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, improves. He improves to 8-1-1 and in his 10 starts this season with a .94 save percentage, a 1.5 goals against average. He's facing 24.9 average shots per game. Uh, defense is looking good too. If he's if they're you know keeping it down to 25 shots per game for this guy over the last 10 games, that's really good. I will admit, Jordan needs to thank the posts because there was at least two in this game. There was at least five or six between Florida and the Columbus game, and that's fine. You can I, you can even argue the fact that he's always given them as the post. That's totally fine. It makes you real scared when you hear a post, I tell you. But it's like, it's, I get it. And you know what? The Blues could get a little puck luck because even in some of their losses when they were looking like crap and they weren't trying their hardest, there were a few times where it was going off a of skating in and all this other stuff. So you hope it doesn't have to. Statistics doesn't say it has to. Probability doesn't say it has to. But you would hope that it balances out eventually. Um Tarasenko, I also want to talk about because he's putting up points and hustling. He's on a six-game point streak. He's three goals, five assists, eight points. In the 14 games played since the beginning of the new year, Tarasenko has 15 points, seven goals, and eight assists. And in that time, the Blues are now 10-4-1 in their last 15 games. Yeah, I mean, it's no coincidence to me that the turnaround coincides with Bennington's arrival and Tarasenko's mm-hmm. turnaround. And Schwartz's return, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know a lot of people are weirdly scapegoating uh, Jaden Schwartz, and I get it. He's not showing up on the point column. I'm just begging you to look yeah. deeper than that. Because every, every single other factor. I know that sometimes you say, well, this analytic or that analytic says he should be doing better. Every other factor there is says he is exactly the same as he always is, or better, mm-hmm. other than the numbers on the stat column. And yeah, 
he needs to get that turned around. But he is not our problem. He has not been our problem other than when he was hurt. Yeah. In this Tampa game, too, there's a few times where he had the pot. I mean, he shot, he had four or five shots on goal this game, and uh, he looked like he was in the right spots, and he looked like, you know, just kind of fighting it a little. But there was at least like a three on one at one point, ended on a short stick. And I'm rooting for the kid. I think he can still score, but I was like, Oh boy, don't make him be the last person to touch the puck. You're not going to be able to. He's not the one that's going to score right now. Uh-huh. Also, this whole game, both teams <laughs> need to shoot more, which seems kind of crazy because I think they both shot a lot. But there was a couple times the Blues were two on one. There was definitely a shorthanded break between Sanford and Sunquest. And it was pass, pass. I'm like, this is the time to shoot. And then a pass, like, this was it again, and then a pass, and it's botched, yeah, and you're like, real "Wow, bad. real bad." Our playoff was also our our power play rather was real bad in uh, this game. Yeah, it's real bad in general. It's like 17th in the league, which I mean, isn't real bad. That's better than last year. Oh, it's better than last year. Oh, he's trying, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, it just looked lost out there. Robert Thomas got bumped up to the first line, um, the first power play unit. But uh, there was that one, I think it was the second one, where Tampa Bay pretty much controlled our power play and had, like, two short opportunities Uh to none of ours. And it's just not good. That's really clearly a weakness of Bruges' game, and we need to, (coughs) excuse me, improve it. You know what the power play stinks when I can watch it and you take a shot that just... I mean, they tell you to take shots. You never know what's going to happen. But you just take some crap shot where there's, like, no screen and just you hear the thud of the pad and it just goes out to an opposing player real quick. And you're like, what did you think was going to happen there? <laughs> like, what was, like, the thought? Yeah. There wasn't, like, a get it down low to pass. It was just like, I got to put a shot on goal, which people harp on and you should do. But it's just like... Okay, that was the most that was the most harmless shot you could take in an advantage position. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. okay, great. How do you not automatically get high danger? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what the fuck was that? It was a Steen shot. I don't mean to harp on Steen. I kind of do, but I was like, yikes, buddy. <laughs> it is just not firing on all cylinders for you. The Steen well, engine. Why don't, we, why don't we go ahead and use that to transition to talking about? Alan and Steen. Is it a transition if you say if we talk about it being a transition? <coughs> yes. Okay. I'm breaking the fourth wall here. I'm sick. <laughs> um, I'll just use that for sympathy as often as I need to. Uh, yeah, so is buyout banter beginning to boil? Ian? You have to say it. Um, what do you think? Um, it might be. I hear a lot of fans talking about it, at least. I don't know if that and means it's going to be. we're those fans. Yeah, we're, we're starting the fire. <laughs> we did start the fire. Oh, by the way, a dad's trip, 7-1. and 7-1, mm-hmm. prompting, prompting many to think, who's your dad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know who, I think we both know who our dads are. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah. so it's rhetorical. I've met my father. <laughs> I met, have you met your father? Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's Jordan Bennington. <laughs> um, Bjorn Gunnarsson. We should, oh, Pang named like most of them yesterday, and it's really weird to hear those last names with like Other Jim things. Tarasenko or whatever, <laughs> and you're like, what? That's his name. That's 100% Dean. his name. Oh, well, that one makes sense. That's you heard fair. that one. Uh, heard, heard that, that one. You know. Uh, Dan Bomish. <laughs> yeah, Gerard Bortuzzo. <laughs> Things like that. You get it. 
Um, I don't know if a buyout's going to happen. We are one of the few teams that has not bought out like anyone in the last like ten years or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't think it's Doug Arms. I think it's probably one of his least favorite things to do. So much so that he hasn't done it at all. Um, but if you can't get someone to take Allen, you're waste. You're wasting gone. money. You're wasting money. We saw people tweet today, like you know what? If you have to play him as a backup. I guess that's okay. You know, he's not making that much money for a backup. He's making an extraordinary amount of money for a backup. Extraordinary. Also, Jordan Bennington's an RFA this season. And while I think you've got to talk him into a two-year deal at $4 total. I like Jordan Bennington. Do not make the same mistake. Don't do it again. But it's not going to be free if he plays this well, you know. And so... Uh, here's what a buyout looks like for Jake Allen. You pay him $9.2 million over the next two years, which I think is basically, I mean, you, well, no, that's his base salary over the next two years. So you split that up. Over four years, you pay him $6.1 million over four years. So you save $3 million for the actual franchise. Um, the cap hit would be just 683,000 next season. It will be highest at 180 1,888,000 so basically 2 million the season after that and then it will be 1.5 for the next 2 years. Is that worth it? Arguably. <laughs> like that seems like something um, I could stomach. Let's compare it to Steen if I can figure out how to do this. Steen is actually not that dissimilar from that. Except that next, so the year after this, mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, he'd be almost $4 million. So that's pretty rough, Ugh. dead cap space. But next year he'd be one point seven, and then the final two years he'd be about the same at one point five. So <clears throat> I, I think Allen's more likely. I think Allen's a lot more likely. I still think Steen offers some stuff to this team, not a ton. But some stuff. He does, and then he has a no trade, no move, one of those already, uh, I'm guessing. Um, and he either is a locker room cancer or is the heart and soul of this locker yeah, room. Yeah, it's one or and the I'm other. I've given up trying to figure out what Yeah, I'm is. so I'm glad we're winning because I'm so done with locker room problems uh-huh. with this team. Just if there are still some, just fix it. I'm so sick of it. Yep. And they seem to be fine. They seem to have rallied together. Uh-huh. Um just looking, do you have our do you have our cap friendly up currently? I do. Because like I just want to know things. Um, Patrick Maroon, I know is UFA this summer. Blues. Yep. I'm just curious what you think. Blues keep him. Blues sign him. Oh boy! Like a year ago, a month ago, I would have said you are nuts. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Not for much. He's most certainly earning less than he used to earn for a long term deal. If we give him one long term being Two more years. than a year, Three yes. Years. I'm not totally against it. I think a lot of people who are listening will be. I do think he provides something you don't have in anyone else. And some people are saying, yes, someone who's slow and old. But <laughs> he does provide that size and that power play presence theoretically. Um, I think you're taught I mean, if you're if you're signing him, you need to talk about moving some other bodies out. 
mm-hmm. because you got to create space for Kyrie to play every game up here next That's year. That's true. You got to create space for Costin to play at least some up here next year. Yeah. So, you know, are we talking about trading Shin? I'm fine with that. I think the Blues probably should do that because I think he's walking after as a UFA anyway, um, unless he just is like so bonkers on the right wing with. O'Reilly and Tarasenko that he doesn't mind, or left wing, I guess, that he doesn't mind staying there long. That has been a good line. That I mean, has been, but in yeah. three games or whatever, yeah, four yeah, games. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it has been. I'm not trying to discredit you, but does he want to commit to that or does he want to arguably make more money as a as a center? Um, Fabry. Just get rid of it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've heard people I still talk about the rehab, and, but where is it? I don't want to be this guy, but we always said this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but we always said this was real ugly and real hard to come back from. And he's nothing. I mean, he's not... He hasn't played him forever, it feels like. If, if you're keeping Barubi, you gotta get rid of him. Because Barubi obviously doesn't have the time of day for him. Mm-hmm. So, and we can talk about Barubi too, but yeah... I wouldn't hate bringing Maroon back, but only if you're still finding other spaces for our players, mm-hmm. our top players. Now, the other question is, you've got Jay Bomeister and Carl Gunnarsson as most of your left-handed defensemen <laughs> who are walking. You've got a ton of left-handed defensemen coming up, but none of them very good. Yeah, none of them quite um, ready. Are they all... I can I can never remember. We've got like two righties and a ton of lefties, right? We, now. Yeah, we've got Schmaltz and Ranky are both right. the righties, and, and that's it. Everyone else is left. Yeah, everyone else just left. Mikola and yep. all those guys. So I mean, Mikola could probably be a third pairing guy. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Perunovic, I think, will be special, but he's probably still another year yeah. at least out. Um, do you keep either of those guys? I don't know. I like Carl Gunnarsson when he's in the lineup. Uh-huh. He has a rough game here and there, but like I think he more than makes up for it. I think he plays really well when he's with us. He didn't play. He wasn't in the Tampa game, and I was kind of shocked that we played as well as we did defensively because I really do think he helps anchor our back six there. Well, and we joked about it, but that expected goal differential thing isn't like a gibberish statistic. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. He's more physical than you think he would be. My concern with him is more health than ability. Yeah, no, I mean you him... Know, because he's had so much injury time. Well, even with Bo Meester, I mean, it is a little bit of ability because he's... Because he's out again right now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Gunnarsson wasn't in the Tampa game. Because um, I made that joke and people tore me a new one. <laughs> which I deserved... But Bo Meester has lost a step and is a little more injury-prone than he used to be. A ton bit. I mean, he's been remarkable. But he's been better. a lot better recently. It's it's a recency thing. Like, he is a lot better recently. And if he's going to play like this for a full season or, uh-huh. you know, play like this 75% of a season, I'd take him back for a year. Carl Gunnarsson has played 71%. Of his potential games as a Blues since 2004. Yeah, not, That's just... Or 2014. That's not good enough. Not fantastic. Jay Bomeister's played eight, played 85%, which is especially impressive considering he was the reigning Ironman <laughs> and didn't miss a game until his third season. Um, you know what? I think, honestly, with the left-handers coming up eventually, I think 
I'm more willing to give Jay Bomeister the year and let Gunnarsson walk. Even uh-huh. though we just said all these nice things about Gunnarsson and we've trashed Bomeister on here before, <laughs> I just think Bomeister at his best is better is better than Gunnarsson. And we're see- I mean we're seeing it right now in that Florida game. Did you see our he was Instagram post today? By the way, I forgot to send this to you. Mm-mm. It's on. Inst- we have an Instagram. It's on, it's on our Instagram at Two Guys No Cup. <laughs> it's also on Twitter, but follow us on Instagram if you haven't. It's I a, will. It's a, <laughs> it's a Jay Vomeister rookie card that I saw in a shop today for $9, which, sorry, folks, but not quite. <laughs> but I tweeted it out because if he hadn't been wearing YK turn of the century Florida Panthers mm-hmm. jersey, for honest to God, you would have thought the photo was taken yesterday. A thousand percent. At least he doesn't age. Just the giant bug eyes and just as old and accountant looking as he always has been. It's remarkable. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I really think we need a little bit of a shake-up on D. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't hate bringing one of those guys back. I don't think you can bring both back. I don't hate bringing one of those guys back on a one-year deal. And I mean a one-year yeah, deal. Um, yeah, anything over one is too much. Uh, but I just don't... I feel like you don't have a top-pairing left-handed defenseman right now. You don't. And I think you're betting... I don't think Edmondson becomes that ever. Not the modern game. And I think you're betting the farm on a lot if you think Dunn becomes that at this point. Nah, yeah. He can be a really good two and a power play quarterback, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to discredit him. Not everyone's a first-pairing defenseman. No, that's what I mean. He's good at what he is. It's just I don't think he's going to grow into that. So to me, I mean, we've talked about Gardner a lot. I do like Gardner for that role. But if it's not him... I'd rather see us use that $7 million by trade or whatever you have to do to go fix that mm-hmm. and figure out, like, try and figure out what your top pairing is for the next three or four years again. Because that was a luxury when we had that with Petrangelo and Bomeister that I think we overlooked, but that was just never... For like a whole, like for like half a decade, you just never had to wonder who your top pairing was. Mm. Do you realize how few teams get to do that? So whether it's Petrangelo or Pareko you want to commit to, figure out which one you're keeping long term and find him a partner. That would be one of my big off-season priorities. Mm. And make that your top pairing and just lock it down for a while. Because then you don't got to worry about it, you know? And I would like to see that. So that's my only drawback. And then obviously Bennington's an RFA, but I don't think he command can command a big raise. And I I do think you got to buy out Allen if you can't trade him, and you can't. I really don't think you can. <laughs> Who are you trading two more years of that dude to? Well, that's the thing. The goalie market. When you've seen goalies get traded, they a decent goalie goes for like just picks, like a third round pick, things like that. A bad goalie, a not very good goalie. What are you getting for him? You're not getting anything. I know, for him, but I for guess sure. But I mean, like, if you're not. My gonna... only thought is, can you convince a team like a Coyotes or somebody who's scraping along the cap floor and just say, "Please mm-hmm. take him." Well, I guess my thought is Darcy Kemper. He can start games with Frontes and healthy, and we'll give you. God, I wouldn't do that. 
I mean, I know that's hypothetical. Kemper's but... been actually really good. No, that's what I mean. Like they wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, trade Darcy wouldn't Kemper. Do... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I guess my Only point was with... because he has one year of his yeah. deal left. But... No, my point with the trade value is that if his trade value is that low for just like a seventh round pick, people don't want him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his value is, isn't there. Also, I mean, if he'd been. If any sort of team had taken him, do you think he'd be here right now? I just don't believe it. Didn't Rutherford... I mean, Rutherford's gone on record as saying, like, that's one of his first moves. When people are like, if you're a GM, what do you do? He's like, oh, like, I would... He'd been very nice and very just straightforward, but he goes, oh, I'd try and move Allen. Uh-huh. And this was, like, before this streak, you know, this last this streakiness. Last year, that we was we were all supposed to <laughs> pretend he was going to be fine. Yeah, it was just deja vu all over again. Um, but also, I think he's also said that Armstrong a time or two, or he's gotten the inkling, maybe he's never said Armstrong was doing this, but it's like, I'm pretty sure Armstrong would move Allen if he could, or he's wanting to, or he's looking for takers. I know I've read him say yeah. that before. Yeah. I don't think he, that's just like him going, ah, shot in the dark. I think it's because <laughs> it's, it's, you gotta believe it's been part of something Armstrong's been trying to do. The guy's not blind. Like, that's what I mean. GM's going to be bad. Peter Shirelli. Uh, but I also... Murray. Yeah. But I do still think they know what hockey is. They might make questionable, questionable out decisions. out but not on Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the other 30, 29 of them are at least that like... That immortal gif of Armstrong's disgust yeah. kind of pretty viscerally displays that he knows what hockey is. Yeah, so like, and he's a quieter guy. We know, I mean, when was the last time you ever heard like, oh yeah, there's rumblings and then it, like it actually did happen. Yeah. Like maybe Ryan Miller stuff, like because it was just going on and on and you never heard it from Armstrong. It was just the league as a whole uh-huh. said this is the destination. So I don't think you'll ever hear like, oh yeah, he's for sure shopping Allen. But you're hearing it here, he's for sure trying to get rid of yeah. Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where would you like to go next? That's it. The podcast over. We've got cards if we want to flip them, but over hard stuff. <laughs> hard stuff. So that's a callback from last episode. I hope you listened. <laughs> um, you know, I'm. I said that so many times last episode just so that people would understand the title. <laughs> I, I hope people still didn't get it. What the fuck? <laughs> I guess is the last episode. They're just telling us. Um, there's been people on Twitter I've seen that are saying the Blues are buyers. No! Now, now I think we've moved out of the seller range a little bit. We've moved out of the seller <laughs> and out of the seller range. But I don't think we're buyers either. We're in, we're nothings, and which is really weird for me to say because for the longest time, until this season, I've always wanted the Blues in any other season to be one or the other. Do something fun, fun, fun. I don't want the Blues to really do anything. If they're gonna, if it's they're gonna stay on this, stir if you're not yeah, gonna keep them, but if yeah. you're staying on this trajectory, I'd be more willing. I want you to sell rather than buy. But if you do nothing, okay. Yeah. And for the first time, I can say, all right, that's fine. Buy, even if let's say they do want to buy, I really don't know what they have to give to to get anything to get anything of meaning. You're talking about controlled pieces. Because mm-hmm. you don't have a first this year. Yeah, that's gone. And you're not trading Cairo or Costum for a rental. Or Bach or any of mm-hmm. those guys. And, not, and anybody else in the organization isn't going to lure your rental. Yeah, and minus, like you said, Bowmeister or something. You're not really subtracting off your roster. If there's somebody out there, you know, 
if uh, Boston really wants Braden Shin, mm-hmm. and they'll give you uh, Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy or whatever. <laughs> That's a stretch. That'd be hot. Jake DeBrusque and Trent Frederick, let's say. Hot. Ooh. Uh, that, you know, that's something maybe you consider. Coming home. Coming home. <laughs> Just after three NHL games. Does everyone know that Trent Frederick is, like, the Frederick Roofing family? Oh, my God, is he? Yes. I didn't even know that. For a whole new roof or a whole For new a roof. a hole in your face or a whole <laughs> yeah, new, new face. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Frederick. Oh, Tom my Trigger. God, yes. <laughs> Oh, yes, it is. Uh, Jeff, if you've listened this far, I, I think we you know what guess. you got to do. Think we know, I think you know. Um, yeah, that I mean, that, that's great. That would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're not rental buyers. Come on. No, that's not. I, and I mean, you could make a I want to be right, so but... positive. We're so positive in this episode. <laughs> At the same time. I like how we have to say that. We are being so, so positive. positive. Please. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've already done I'm sick as a title before. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot. Oh, this team is much better. They're in a playoff spot. It's all wonderful. We love it. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on them being contenders. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just ease back. At least for now. If we steamroll Nashville this weekend, I'll be like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe I won't I still will have my doubts. Always. But let's be real queer about something. The reason we're already in a playoff position is because the bottom half of this conference is shit. (laughs) The top half is very good. The top five teams, great. Bottom, all of the rest of it, not so good. (laughs) You've got the Dallas fucking horse shit stars in third place in our division. Every time you're about to say that, I forget it's in reference to something. I'm like, oh my God, Steven. (laughs) I don't hate that team that much. Um, The Minnesota fucking horseshit (laughs) wild. Um, They are as mediocre as they've ever been. Are they the other wild card team? I'm checking on that right now. Because they have to be. Because they're the wild and they're coached by Bruce Boudreaux and they just have to be. Someone on Reddit did a big old stat dump on basically proving that the wild over the last like 10 years are the most just middle of the road Oh, they're team. as mediocre as it's possible. I would not be surprised if they were 15th on the power play, 15th on the penalty <laughs> kill, 15th in goals for, 15th in goals against. They are the they are the second or the first wild card team. The of course one above they us. are. Yeah. Of course they are because it's their birthright. They're only two points above us, but Vancouver is tied with us, but out due to uh, us playing less games. But they have fifty five points. Colorado is fifty three. Edmonton is fifty three. Chicago. Here's the thing. Chicago. We all agree. Chicago has been awful this year. So bad. They are two points behind us for a wild card spot. Uh, Arizona, 51 points. Anaheim. The Anaheim Ducks have lost 18 of their last 20 games. They are at 51 points. They are four points behind <laughs> us. Do you get how close this... Los Angeles is 50 points. They're dead last in the West. They are five points behind us. Are they dead last in the league? Or is they are... 
No. Oh, they're Detroit, New Jersey, and Ottawa are all below them. Ottawa, you tried so hard, <laughs> now it's all falling apart. Right? Weren't they pretty good? And for the a big second? consolation is the the Avalanche get to pick Jack Hughes for you, but not on your behalf. They also get to keep him <laughs> <laughs> on on their behalf. We've come up to pick. But basically, yeah, like, I know we are 52 games played. A lot of these other teams behind us, 55, 54, 55. I think Colorado's at 53. They're, like, the closest. But games in hand, We've yeah. we got games in hand on everyone behind us. We're in yeah. great shape. I'm not trying to not deny all that. All I'm saying is, tell me how many teams are ahead of us that aren't in the playoffs in the West right, in the East right now. Oh, in the East? Because it's a number of them. Oh, yeah. We are, what, at 55 points? So we'll just start at 55. Philadelphia is 55. Buffalo is 59. Carolina is 62. All three of those are not in a playoff spot. And here's the here's the two wild card teams uh, there. Pittsburgh and Boston. Pittsburgh with 63 points. Boston with 66. Pittsburgh has, Pittsburgh has 63 points. That would put them in third place in the Central. Yeah. And the Central's done really well against the East and stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say it's... I'm not really trying to discredit us. No. My point is to say the top is still the top, and we're just the best of the bottom right mm-hmm. now. And unless something really changes my mind... Here's the thing. If, if we're good enough to be the top of the top, then we're good enough with what's here now. Yeah. We were supposed to be contenders entering the season. <laughs> Nobody left while Jake Allen went by. So maybe we are that good. But it would be silly, especially already not having a first round pick. Uh, with as good a prospects as you have. Mm-hmm. It would be silly to go out and say, we've got to get, you know... Who I mean, unless it's our Timmy Panarin, and you're mm-hmm. just like, screw it, this is our year. We've got to go out and get Gustav Nyquist at the price of Gordon <laughs> Cairo. He's a yeah, know, no, yeah, but I'd be like, but yeah, I mean, like we have to have Zach Sanford. Yeah, <laughs> like, we have to have him. Um, this is it Lou Lamorello? Is this what they've said on Thirty One Thoughts, where he only adds when he knows that they're like gonna go for it? Uh huh. Like that's what I know. Doug Armstrong sort of has the same thing. Like the team dictates what he does at the deadline. He doesn't dictate what the team, you know, how the team's going to play with his picks or with his movements. Um, but yeah, like we're not. We could win the cup, and we could win the cup like the Kings won the cup. But you know what? We're not going to add to do that. Like you add when you think you're just like a piece away, and we're we're not. We're more than a piece away. Again, and again, this is not to shoot on Jordan Bennington, but he has started 10 career games. And he is the guy that you will need to carry you through the playoffs to get anywhere. And he's been incredible. But it's just like, just take take a breath. Mm -hmm. Realize how good you've been the last month. Get to the playoffs. Get your revenue. Get your ass beat by the Jets or Predators. Or Flames. <laughs> That'd be fun. I want to change the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a different team kicking our yeah. Or don't. You know, I mean, <laughs> by all means, win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. I'm not rooting against it. But don't mortgage your future in any way 
to try and prime for a year where you're not really ready anyway. Yeah, it's like this making the playoffs this year and doing any amount of damage is icing on the cake. Yeah. Like, the goal is to win the cup, but the goal this season is honestly make the playoffs and look competent. I don't think we were ever honest about how much of a sea change really happened after the Western Conference run when Bacchus left and Brower left. It seemed like just two players, but the captaincy changed. Everything changed. We traded Shattenkirk. We traded Stastny. It's really been a rebuilding process. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing the fruits of some of that. But just calm down. Just have the patience. Wait another year. You've waited 50 two so far oh god so just don't be stupid that's all i'd say Mm -hmm. and here's the thing here's the nice thing about it there was that period where it looked like we would be fighting for the playoff spot and you know i was really worried well stillman's gonna really want that spot for the revenue and he you know he might convince army to go for it and trade for some pieces now (laughs) to me Barring a collapse, we're actually pretty securely in possession of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Because with three games in hand on most of the teams below us and just being better than those teams, <laughs> it's hard to imagine us falling out of the spot. So I just think we're in a good position to just... All of that is to basically... That was 15 minutes to basically <laughs> say what you said originally was accurate. I don't even know what I said you originally. Said, don't be either a buyer or a seller. <laughs> And I'm fine with that. That's why you listen to this so, podcast. I mean, here's the thing. If 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 Petrangelo isn't a part of your long-term future, and if Shen aren't part of your long-term future, and somebody blows you away with an offer, you got to let him go. Well, yeah. If Petrangelo approves. So be a seller in that sense. And if somebody comes to you and says, we'll give you, I don't know who's controlled, uh, Dylan Larkin, sorry. And <laughs> I hate you, Larkin. <laughs> we'll give you Dylan Larkin for the price of Sammy Boy. Then sure, then trade, then buy. But like, <laughs> re- within reason, Peter Shirelli's not a GM, so nobody's going to do that. Just take your time. A mm-hmm. uh, couple trades this week to discuss. The Penguins acquired forward Nick Bugstad and forward Jared McCann. Really? He's not a defender? I just always assumed he mm-hmm. was a defender. From the Florida Panthers, four forwards, Derek Broussard, Riley Sheehan, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick in the 2019 draft. I don't know what this does for the Penguins. Uh, the I think that gets him out of Broussard had another year in his contract. I don't think he does. No. I think Bugstad has another I know, year in his that's contract. Some, okay, so for Florida, they get rid of Broussard after this year if they don't want to keep him. Oh, they flip him, I think. Well, okay, he's gone. Well, yeah. But then they get rid of Bugstad's contract. And they have, for Florida, it's more room to go after yeah, uh, UFAs. Yeah, Broussard has $3 million on this year. And who else they get? Sheehan? Yep. He has two million, so they cleared five million. In Is space. that Riley? I didn't score a goal until like the last game of the season. She in like yeah, I think so. a year or two ago. Um, yeah, so for Florida, I know it's they opened up a bunch of cap space that they've gone on record. Dale Talon has said that they're going to be aggressive in the summer, and everyone reads that as they're going to try and get Panera and Bobrovsky as a package. Hugstad has three years at four point one, mm. and. 
McCann has two years at 1.25. Does Bukes have a center? He is listed as a center slash right wing. Okay. He's done... He's scored. He's been a scorer before. I don't know how he's doing this he season. He has a fantastic 12 points oh, in 32 well, games. Not so great this But he season. already has a point with the Penguins in four games. So they've won the trade. <laughs> um, what, who's but the, yeah, I mean, he had 49 Who's their GM? Jim year. Rutherford? Yep. I just know that guy always does something at the deadline. Oh, he's crazy. Like, good for him, but man, it'd be like it's every crazy year. crazy, Jim <laughs> Yeah, every year he has to do something. And I guess it's to keep that team afloat. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, obviously the stars do that, but it's like, you know, to keep them afloat with depth. I like this for Florida. I'm a, a little, lot. I'm a little miffed on it with uh, the Penguins. But yeah, I don't know. Do you think Florida does use this cap space to get Panarin and Bobrovsky? They're going to get somebody. they a college try. Oh, he's trying. Oh, he's trying. <laughs> Ah, uh, that'd be awesome. And that'd Joe, be, I mean, if it's not going to be here where we get Panarin, go mm. for it. They need a goalie down there because <gasps> Luongo's not long for playing more. Oh, we're not. We can't. But what if we did? Panarin's making over ten million. I don't care. He can make it here. We've got the cap space, kind of. <laughs> so we have the cap I mean, space. We do. Asterisk. We've got like seventeen million. Yeah, but like <laughs> I get it. Just let me dream my dream. Think dreams. with your head and not with your sick head. <laughs> You're all stuffed up. You don't the, know which way's up. The Nashville Predators acquired forwards Brian Boyle from New Jersey. The devil incarnate. Yes. When you look He's at him, does he traded. not look like a like a like when the devil's a human being? I never really thought about it, but he was a New Jersey. Devil, I mean, yeah. So when I see Brian Boyle, that's like slick back hair, and it's oh like, my yeah. god, he's just like uh, the human devil. Oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yikes! Especially with the mustache, but somehow also worse without the mustache. Mm. He's the devil. You're correct. Um, Get well, Brian. <laughs> got a, just a second round pick they traded for him. And forder, forward Cody McLeod, who's still in the NHL he used for to be a seventh a, yeah, round right? pick. Yes. Okay. 2027th round pick. How irrelevant can you be? Well, you said 20, Mc, a what? A 2027th round pick. Oh, I thought for some reason it was seven. <laughs> I was like, I don't think they can do that. But that's insane. Uh, it's like, you want Cody McLeod? We need a seventh round pick. All right, fine. But this year's seventh is a little too steep. Yeah, and the Rangers you. are like, agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I no, I wasn't going to ask for that. That's I'm not silly. insane. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, a couple of little moves here and there. They're trying to beef up. Let's beef on the bun. Trade deadlines are coming. Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's two weeks from Monday, this upcoming Monday. Yeah, whatever Thanos says, you can't run from it. Trade deadline, always a coming. (laughs) (laughs) You know how Thanos said? Yeah. You want to talk about the ducks and how bad they are? Yeah, I mean... And then we can open some packs and get out of here. We mentioned that the Ducks are at 51 points, only four points behind uh, the Blues. 55 games they've played to the Blues, 52, though. Um, despite that, let's let's put that in our back pocket. They've lost 18 of their last 20. 
How? 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 You're a professional sports team. How? Essentially a quarter of your season you just lost. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers expanded, they went like 2-14 and 14 <laughs> all of their first several seasons. I'm, it may have not been a 16-game season, but it was, you know, a really mm-hmm. bad record. And they once asked his co- the coach was once asked, what he thought of his team's execution, <laughs> to which he responded, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's fantastic. Which, kudos to that man for thinking on his feet that well. <laughs> but that's where I feel like the Anaheim Ducks have gotten to. Holy <laughs> oh, shit. That's great. I'm glad I know that story to bring you this moment of joy. <laughs> but... Oh. 18 of 20! Sorry, I cut you off. Please continue. No, I'm just saying, I don't know what you do. I know what you do. You fire the coach, but Bob Murray has said multiple times that he just doesn't like that very much. So he's not going to do it. So we talked, I texted you about this this morning. Um, Elliot Friedman on the 31 podcast, 31 Thoughts podcast, each week has been asked about this by Jeff Merrick, and each week he says, well, if he's going to fire Carlisle, it's not going to be in the season because he doesn't want to do it in the season. Yeah, (laughs) but he has to. Like, if I get an infection in my tooth, I don't want to get a root canal. But I also don't want the pain slash possible death of an infection. <laughs> so I'm getting a root canal. Mm-hmm. If I need, you know, if I if someone gets cancer, they don't want to do chemotherapy. But they need chemotherapy <laughs> to not have cancer. I don't, like, how? And my only problem with the 31 Pots podcast, literally the only one other than the over-reliance on phrases like I always say and I've always <laughs> believed is they're not as critical as they should be. And I get that he's like an objective journalist, but come on! (laughs) 18 of 20, he should have been on the hot seat coming into the season. He's already been fired by this team (laughs) once. I know, how hard is it to just fire him again? And and fired by other teams! What is it? I don't care. Like, I of all the teams in the league, I am the most indifferent to the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> I could not be more neutral in my opinion on them. But come on. And how is, like, how is the owner not being like, fine, Bob, then we're firing you? That's what I mean. I think this owner's out to lunch. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, because the ship's sinking. The ship has already sunk. Maybe that's that's the only thought process I have is he goes, oh, well, this is just, there's nothing we can do. But that's the thing, though. There is there's something. There's a very th- clear thing you can there's do. There's a thing you can do. By the way. And you could bounce back and be in the playoffs if you the, did it. One of the hottest coaching candidates in the entire league is uh, their AHL head coach. Mm-hmm. Remind me his name. Dallas Eakins. Thank you. It was totally, I was never going to come up with that. But they just can promote within one of the hottest Coaching candidates in the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that seems super obvious, and they're just like, I don't know what the what option is. Ostensibly in Philadelphia was Hextall. Damn it. I used to have this down, and it's been too long. Hextall wasn't going to fire Hextall, so they were like, well, fine, then you're fine. Yeah, pretty much. 
Why is Bob Murray still there? The team is in salary cap hell. They've got what has become probably the worst contract in hockey in Ryan Kessler's. Mm. It's about as bad as anyone. Perry's isn't great. Getzlav is adequate, but his contract isn't great. I just, I don't get it. He's Bob Murray's kept them afloat, and take two, so you don't have mature. Okay, <laughs> Bob Murray's kept them afloat, and that's like good. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals at least once, uh-huh. and they've always been the playoffs. Kind of bluesy. But I think we're in a much better position cap-wise, oh and we've God, made coaching yes. changes and stuff. So really, they're the Blues, but in a much worse position. Uh-huh. Just fire, like, you're gonna, if you're gonna fire them this summer, just do it now. I don't understand. Like, salvage a season with your ten fans, Christ. <laughs> like, seriously. Well, I mean, yeah. You look and at- again, you're only four points out of a playoff spot. You could do this, and maybe there's some weird backwards logic where they're like, well, that's exactly the thing. If we just turn it around, we don't need to fire him. I'm like, no, you do, because he's just not very good. Randy Carlisle won a cup in 2007 with the Ducks, and that was the end of Randy Carlisle. How many Carlisle. Norris trophies have you won? <laughs> ah, 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 ah. And of course, yes, we all know Randy Carlisle won a Norris trophy back in the Stone Age. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's just a final thought on comparing those two teams. The... St. Louis Blues pay their top two players, Tarasenko and O'Reilly, a combined or $7.5 million apiece. Thank you. The rest of that's just nonsense. Uh, they, so they pay each of their top guys $7.5 million for the next five years. That's ludicrous. Now, neither of those guys are Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or any of those guys quite that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But if either of those guys hit free agency today... They'd be at least like eight and a half, nine million dollar players. They pay them both seven point five million dollars through twenty twenty three. And while I would take a lot of guys over either of those players in the league, I would take both of them over either Corey Perry or Ryan Getzlav right now, who are paid eight six eight point six million and eight point two million respectively, and then the Ducks pay Ryan Kessler more than the Blues Blues play any other player, and he's a hulking shell of a human being. <laughs> so that team is in the dumpster and will be for a long time. That Adam Henry contract is so terrible. And there they, you go. And they traded who for him? For Henrik, uh, not Lindholm, right? Because they still have him. Vatnin, Vatnin right? Sammy I want to say Jake Vertan, yeah. and I'm like, nope. Yep, it's Sammy Vatnin. So, we've got two packs of NHL upper deck trading cards. This is our old game of flipping trading cards. This is because you're addicted. I'm addicted. To cards. To baseball cards slash hockey cards I'm going to open these away from the mic. Yes. It's most, most exact. DSMR. Uh, but yeah, so we flip them over, we talk about the players, best player wins, I happen to know that a blue is on your bottom, I don't know who it is, but let's find out. I present to you Eric Howla, our first ever Vegas Golden Knight. How about Jacob Chikrin? Oh, that wasn't a blue, did you switch it up on I went from the top. I think Chikrin takes that. Sure, I remember him being drafted, and then I forgot he existed. Oh, wasn't he hurt last year? Yeah, I for think like so. a ba- <laughs> he's vast a do- majority. He's a, uh, 
Doctor. Coyote. I almost said Diamondback. So, speaking of injured, here's Miko Koivu. Oh, yeah, his knee went splody. <laughs> <laughs> He's also how old now? 35. Hang him up. <laughs> These are going against Ivan Provorov. I've got a Provorov, but you take this one. Okay, sure. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you going to play Ivan Provorov now? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Against my Leon Dreisaitl? You take him. I've got two Ivan Provorovs. <laughs> I guess you the can flyers. give me one out of charity because nope. I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, guess what I have coming up next? The Ivan Provorov? It's a Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Are these the same pack? I don't know. You tell me when you put down a Tanner Pearson. I have a Tanner Pearson. This Do- is bizarre. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Okay. I got a Brock Besser. I got a Tanner Pearson. (laughs) At least I got Tanner Pearson back. What Brock Besser is this? Wait for it. Under 25. I've got Anze Kopitar. I've got Danton Heinen. You take them both. Ooh, is that an alternate jersey? That's cool. That could be what they call in the card business a short print. Oh God! You're learning. You're le- I'm not even. We're not even entertaining you right Here now. Here we go. Play your next card. It's Colton Pareko. Hey, do you want to take my differently Andres? Now this is now this is interesting. We've what? talked about the trade before. Yeah. What do you think? I ooh, folks. Colton Pareko leads. It. Text your answer to. <laughs> He's higher in defensive point shares. He could arguably take it, but it is a 25 under 25 card. I don't know what that means. I think you take it. I, okay. You know, I, I like Pareko, Fine but knows. I think you can take it with Dreisaitl. I think I've got this last one sewn up. Braden Shen. I think he's mildly edged out by Connor McTain. God damn it. That's, that shouldn't even be allowed. <laughs> I thought they said Exodius couldn't be a part of these decks. The Blue Eyes White Dragon, which probably isn't relevant anymore. Probably like the weakest card in the game. They call that one a short print. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your card toss. So fucking smart. Give me some fucking card bullshit. Do you know, like, when you go to... Are there any other players in hockey? No. <laughs> if this was another dry side, I would flip my shit. God damn it. Open it up. Um, do you ever walk by like the card things at like a Target or like a Walmart? You know, yeah. they have like the whole. I've done it a lot this week. <laughs> I'm always there's always still Yu-Gi-Oh cards there and Pokemon cards. I want to buy them. God, I want to buy oh, when a couple. I've, when I bought a couple baseball cards this week, I've definitely wanted to buy some Pokemon. I'm like, I just let's, let's open see. it up and see what a level what. How many HP a haunted sandcastle has? <laughs> I bought. Pokemon cards in the Pokemon Center, which is like the Disney shop for Pokemon or whatever over in Japan, just because I was like, these are like six yen uh-huh. and not really worth it to me because they're in Japanese and I don't really need these. But I was like, 
10-year-old me would throw a goddamn fit uh-huh. if he knew 27-year-old me was like, no, I'm not going to buy those Pokemon cards. <laughs> it suits you and it's too expensive. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I got some crazy holographic thing and I was like, hooray, what a waste for some kid that really wants this. <laughs> You'd probably sell it on eBay. I know. For a considerable amount. I present Semyon Varlamov. about Matthew Barzal? Oh, you take him. Ooh, he's trying. Man. I like me and Varlamov. God, this is fun. I just enjoy this. <laughs> I hope other people do. How about Andre Vasilevsky, who you can take. He sucks. <laughs> For my aunt and Strawman, I don't think oh, so. <laughs> you were kicking my ass today. At least I had that McDavid to feel a little bit better. Oh, I think it's interesting. Henrik Zetterberg, Ooh. but like not in uniform, but like oh, in a half uniform. That's what they call a short God damn it. Uh, Jan Klingberg? Hasn't Henrik Zetterberg retired, technically? Yeah. Well, that's why he's not really in his uniform well, yeah, there. That's why he's short he's dressed printed. as a fireman. We'll have to Google that. I bet you anything it's worth 25 cents more than oh, a normal car. Like $25. <laughs> I got to get into this. Ooh, look at that. Man, that's a hot, hot, hot Portraits Henrik Lundqvist. Look that at that. also probably has some value. We're going to have to look some of these up after this. How about I give you my Dmitry Orlov? Jesus. <laughs> okay. See, I'm, now Ooh, I'm glad I gave you. This an interesting texture. <laughs> Great. <laughs> How about Nicholas Backstrom? I don't know. Does my UD canvas Alex DeBrinket take it? No. <laughs> oh, I like that, though. We're it's gonna have... interesting. Some of those have value, I'm telling you. 25 cents on the dollar. Oh, no, no, no. You might I... get a whole dollar. <laughs> I play my Alexander Edler. I'm going to lose again with a Colin Wilson. Wow. You got a bunch of third liners, baby. Got a whole shit pack right here. How about Brandon Carlo. Oh, finally, I get a Shane Gostas be here. <laughs> Gosta be here. Is Gostas beer a ghost normal? <laughs> Which is like why? Ghost fighting. Okay, no there you way. go. Anything that's a whatever normal. Like, like there's dark normal. Yeah. Like just make it dark. Just dark. Jesus. <laughs> You all know. All you folks know yeah. out there. You get it. You I get conclude it. with another Danton Heinen. Oh, I guess I win that with Matt Zuccarello. <laughs> Remember when the Rangers were like a relevant team and Matt Zuccarello was like, ooh, that's a good guy. And now they're not, so I don't care about him anymore. Uh, yeah, he was yeah. pretty good. He'll get traded this year. He's got to. Here's, here's a guy that I don't want us to trade for necessarily, but I wouldn't mind having Kevin Hayes. Ooh, he's yeah. cool. He's on one of my fantasy I teams. I like him. We almost, I almost just said hard stop and stopped two hours, and then I realized we have to put a theme in. Uh, but we're all mm-hmm. done for the week. We'll be back next week on Friday again because mm. Ian has to have a Valentine's date with Hillary Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he trying is. to seduce her. <laughs> She's, you know what's been weird? I've been emailing her, and it's like <laughs> it's like it's a whole thing. It's like, it's like a whole thing. She's real careful now. It's really <laughs> shitty. 
so on that note, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Happy birthday to my brother. For those of you who celebrate, it's tomorrow. (laughs) And we will talk to you next week on Friday. Uh, Remember to reach out to us if you have any interest in joining us on Wednesday, February, February, March 13th. Hit us up on the Twitter. And sorry for... Uh, blowing my nose and sounding awful a whole bunch. <laughs> we'll be better next week when Ian will be the one who is <laughs> sick. Uh, okay, that's it. We're out of uh, here. I forgive you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>